1: The brother Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God.
0: Well, good morning friends. It's great to be with you if you're in the building or you're online as your first week. Welcome. It's great to have you here. There are new people here every week and you are more than welcome among us. We are finishing uh, uh, a long series this week. We started this all the way back in October, I think, or the beginning of November, looking at the letters written by John in the New Testament. And we've come to 3 John, which is famous for multiple reasons. It's the only book with a three in front of it, which is great and it actually is the shortest book in the entire Bible. Don't let looks deceive you in the Greek. There are 219 words in this letter, and that's the shortest of anything in the whole Bible. In fact, I sent a text message with, with 100 words last week. So this is just a couple of text messages, actually, in the end, uh, between one friend to another, getting to know one another. It's a really fascinating little book. And what's so interesting about it, I think, Uh, is that in 1 and even in 2 John, there's lots of really abstract language about truth and love and God and people and false teachers and good teachers and all these kinds of things. But there is not one name given of any person in 1 or in 2 John. And yet we arrive at 3 John and we see a little letter to a man named Gaius and two other people are mentioned as well. It's like the the grounded end to all of John's letters. It's like in this last bit, we finally see all the abstract things actually touch the ground in the real life of a real person with other real people around them. And through all of John's epistles, the two big things that have been mentioned are loving the truth revealed in Jesus and loving brothers and sisters. Loving the truth revealed in Jesus and loving brothers and sisters. And in 3 John, what we see is that these aren't two different aims, but they're one command about how we do community together. Because it's in how we do community together that we both love the truth and love brothers and sisters at the same time. And so, what I have from 3 John, I think it gives us today four practices of community. Four practices of community that will really help you ground how to love the truth and how to love your brothers and sisters for 2021. Four practices of community. And the first one is this, that we are called to be affectionate and rejoice in each other. Did you notice how warm and beautiful this letter starts? The elder, which is a bit awkward, we wouldn't start with our credentials, maybe when we're writing a text or a letter to someone, but here is John in his authority. But then he goes straight away to my dear friend, Gaius. Literally, beloved. To my beloved, Gaius. If you look back through the letter, it's again in verse 2, in verse 5, and in verse 11. Dear friend, beloved, 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 beloved. This is not a cold, detached leader. This is a warm, affectionate Brother. And straight away he says, whom I love in the truth. Isn't that beautiful? The reminder that one of the, the core simple ways we are to be brothers and sisters is to be affectionate and warm to one another. As not on the basis of us being like each other or us liking the same things, but we love each other in the truth. We are warm and affectionate because we belong to the same family because we believe the same truth, because we love and trust the same person, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are summoned to be warm and affectionate to one another. That's what it means to love the truth and love each other at the same time. But notice this love that John the Elder has for Gaius is not without content. It's not just an abstract feeling, not just an empty warmth. He says, beloved, verse 2, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. What does this loving someone in the truth look like? Well, it's got this, these two arms to it. This practical longing for him to just have good health, for things to go well with him. That's not an overly spiritual phrase. It's a very normal one. Just wishing, it's a, a prayer for well-wishing upon him and his life. To be warm and affectionate to one another is to love each other and to care about what is happening in life in the substance of our bodies in the substance of everyday things it also it is about the soul about the spiritual half to be warm and affectionate brothers and sisters is to care for what is happening in each other's lives really and truly and earnestly and sincerely and also to care about each other's souls I wonder which way you err. we all err one way or the other whether you're someone who loves the the everyday of your brothers and sisters, but you don't really think about their soul, about their spiritual state, or whether you're someone so focused on the spiritual that you don't really think about just life, the things of life. As brothers and sisters, we are summoned to consider both. But for the elder, what is most important? Well, he, He says, it gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth, and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. How lovely and fatherly it is. My child, you are doing so well. Your soul is getting along well. You are faithful. You are walking in the truth of Jesus Christ. And I, there is no greater joy I can have as a spiritual father than that. You see, as brothers and sisters who love each other and who love the truth, we are to rejoice in each other when we walk in the ways of Jesus. When we see any sign of progress, we are to name it and rejoice in it and send back praise to God himself as well. What is the progress that you've seen in the people around you in the last year? How have you seen them walking in the truth in the light of difficult things, simple things, complex things? Have you named it? Have you rejoiced in it? Have you handed it back to God in prayer? In 2021, make it a practice to rejoice in the progress that you see in your brothers and sisters as you warmly embrace them. Perhaps there's a string of text messages where you could both be affectionate and rejoice in the good work of God in another, even, even just today, after this. Maybe not right now, maybe a bit later. there's more to say in this letter. And the second one is this, that it's not just about rejoicing and being warm to one another, but there's this practice of hospitality that is central to this letter. The great thing that John sees in Gaius is his willingness to welcome strangers who have gone out in the name of Jesus. Look what he says, dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love and you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. See, the practice of hospitality in the first century was not just inviting Christians you know into your house. It was about inviting strangers who you knew were brothers and sisters who were wandering through town in the name of Jesus and had nowhere to stay and had no practical means of supporting themselves. And so hospitality was about welcoming them in, though they are strangers because they belong to the truth of Jesus. That's what Gaius is commended for here. He is faithfully and lovingly welcoming strangers who are wandering into his part of the ancient world. And what does he say about them in verse 7? It's for the sake of the name, for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of the gospel that they went out. These are people who are risking themselves and who have let go of their livelihood to make Jesus known, to encourage brothers and sisters to do the work of God in the ancient world. And they have no other support. As John says, they received no help from the pagans. You now, it's well and good that everyone, us who love Jesus and those who don't, do acts of mercy. We are to give to the poor. We are to make sure good things happen in God's world with the money that we have. But there is no one else in the world who will finance and support and relationally impact those who have gone out in the name of Jesus if we don't. There is no other help for missionaries. There is no other help for people who have gone out in the name of Jesus and left their livelihood behind except brothers and sisters and their hospitality toward them. This is why it's so important that we support our missionaries. If you go to our giving page, you can look through our list of missionaries, the Azalis, uh, in Thailand there, on, on the first bit of the page. Uh, that's so important that we support and are hospitable to them, to all our missionaries, uh, to love and serve them. What does hospitality look like to them when they're not in town? Well, but hospitality is a practical, a financial, and a relational thing, isn't it? It's a practical means of giving food and shelter, on the one hand. It's a, fin- it's a means of supporting someone financially. And it's a way of just loving them relationally. And maybe it's all three of those things we should do to our missionaries. How can we practically support them when they're in town? That's why we did up the Charles's house uh, when they came back. How do we financially support them with what we have, knowing that no one else will if the people of God don't? and relationally supporting them with letters and texts, like Gaius is getting one from John right now, encouraging them in the ways of Jesus and in the purposes they have. Friends, they won't get this from anywhere else if they don't get it from us. And so in 2021, consider your hospitality, your relational, your financial, your practical support, is a means of mission. That's what John says. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. When we do this type of support, we are partnering in the work of the gospel. We are extending it. Have you ever thought about that? Even just the practical hospitality you can offer to brothers and sisters in church, to ones you don't know very well, to strangers among you here, even support to them is extending the mission and honouring the name of Jesus. Simple, practical gestures matter to the truth, to brothers and sisters so we're summoned to be hospitable for the sake of the name of Jesus to missionary partners and to brothers and sisters local but as we move on in this letter what, what becomes apparent is that the reason why John is encouraging guys in this is there is an equal and opposite bad example being set by another leader he appears to be a leader that's just nearby and actually, the, the one command given in this entire letter is in verse 11. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. It's a summons to be an intentional imitator. And what happens before and after this command is there's both a negative and a positive example given. And before it, we have this example of, uh, I don't even know how to say its name, diatrophies, I'm going to say. Let's do that. Uh who is doing the exact opposite of what Gaius is doing. John says he wrote to him, but he didn't want anything to do with the letter that he sent. John says he loves to be first. He says he, he's spreading malicious lies about John and his ministry and others as well, and he's refusing to welcome brothers and sisters and is putting out of the church people who do the work of hospitality. So this leader, he seems powerful, he can kick people out of church. That's, lead, that's some sort of authority among amongst God's people, Uh, is doing the exact opposite of Gaius. Uh, He is not loving the truth. He is loving himself. And he is not loving brothers and sisters. He is, is instead refusing them, even the elder John himself. Now, we don't know why this is. It might be that the wandering preachers are a threat to him and his authority and his status in the community. And maybe John himself is the ultimate threat as the elder, as the person over him. Either way, John says he's going to come and deal with him. But in the meantime, what does he say? Do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. I guess what we're supposed to read into this is that there's a danger for Gaius being led astray by the example of this poor leader and his poor leadership. It's interesting, isn't it? The assumption that automatically Gaius might imitate the evil thing rather than the good thing. That a toxic leader could, by the nature of their presence and their voice and their power, lead him and others down a dark and evil path. That's what he says. Anyone who does what is good is from God and anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. It's interesting because there's an assumption that all of us will be imitators. There will be Believers, there will be people in our workplaces, there will be people in our family who we naturally imitate. Imitation is just part of the way we're made. That's why TikTok is such a thing. We love to imitate. I don't know what TikTok is. People make videos and other people copy those videos, uh, make their own. It's kind of like a, a video meme thing. I'm not on it, I don't really understand it. Except the reason apparently why it's so popular is that we are hardwired to imitate people. When we're in the presence of someone and we see them do something that we haven't seen before, we have mirror neurons, and they map on the movement so we can do it ourselves. We are hardwired to learn through imitation of others. That's why things like TikTok are so successful. Uh, And we learn so much of what we do from other people. We will imitate people. The question is, how intentional are you being about it? Because that's what the command is about. Do not imitate what is evil but what is good let me ask you a question who is it in 2021 who you'd love to become more like whose faith in 2021 provides you an example that you'd love to step further into because of their faithfulness to god in prayer because of their gentleness because of their faithfulness to brothers and sisters, because of their ability to suffer so well. You know, all of us in every season of our life need a Christian brother or sister to follow. Need a Christian brother or sister to demonstrate to us what it means to live faithfully, to walk in the truth of the time that we're in, in the season that we're in, with the people we have, with the tasks that are before us. And so who do you need to intentionally think about imitating. John gives someone to Gaius. Demetrius, he says, is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. Jesus and the truth of the gospel speak well of Demetrius. And we also, John says, speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. John says, don't follow Diotrephes; follow Demetrius. Follow his good example rather than the evil example of the leader who is way too prominent before your eyes. So who do you need to imitate in your life, in your family at the moment, in your household? Who are you imitating in your workplace? Are you defaulting to someone else's example rather than the example of Jesus? One really practical way is just to have one person in mind, an older saint you know, someone you love, maybe a biography of an older Christian from another time. You want to say, this is the person in the power of God's spirit as I read his word that I want to become more like this year because I'm going to intentionally imitate rather than unconsciously be dragged along. We are summoned to be intentional imitators in our practice of community. That's how we love the truth and love each other well. Maybe some of us are providers of that example. But the final thing I think we get in this letter, and it's beautiful, it's in 2 John as well, is just this simple summons to take seriously being physically present with each other. Have you seen how John signed off both of the last two letters? I have much to write you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon. And we will talk face to face. It's beautiful. I need to write this letter. I need to encourage you into the good and away from the evil. But I would so much prefer to put aside my pen and have a chat with you face to face. His longing is to be with Gaius, his longing is to be in his presence. And in the midst of all the strange things we need to do in the midst of a pandemic, and we're going to need to keep doing them, there'll be times where we have to be digital only, and that's fine, and that's good, and it's a loving, faithful way to do church and community together. But the end of these letters has just encouraged me again of just the primacy of being with each other. Because how do we be affectionate and rejoice in each other when we're not with each other, really seeing what's happening in each other's lives? How do you really show the the warmth of hospitality without that person in your space? And we know that imitation doesn't work as well unless you are in the same room with the person. Literally, videos do not do the same job as presence. And so in the midst of the craziness and the strangeness of what will continue to happen, and let's expect it, Let's long to be with each other. Let's be with each other when we can. Let's practice presence. Even when we're feeling fed up and tired and over it, it is the way to love the truth and to love God's people. You know, we need to remember that there was one who was the truth, who is the truth in himself. And for him, it was not enough to stay aloof and detached. But with joy and affection, he took on a face so that he could meet us face to face. And he did not receive hospitality, he was thrown out, he was cast out, that you might enjoy his presence and each other's presence, both now and forever. Friends, it's because of his affection, it's because of His hospitality to you, making you a son and a daughter. He is our great example that we are imitating even as we follow each other. And he has sought us face to face that we might seek each other. Let's pray. Father, we just want to pray today that you would, by your spirit, prompt us into acts of community, into these practices of community. That you would show us the joyful and great things that you've been doing in the people around us and and help us to find joy in them. Father, bring to our heart and mind how we might love and serve our missionaries and invite the stranger in. And Father, we need examples. We need paths to follow, crafted by your word and your spirit, but in the flesh of a brother and sister and we pray provide them for us. And Lord, help us in our tiredness at times to prize each other's presence as you prized ours in the Lord Jesus. Amen.